that is in the world. And I want to preach a message tonight. Because sometimes we think, you know, we can play the victim card. Oh, life's not fair. Life's in, and we can beat ourselves up, not believe God. But listen, Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. He is alive and he can do miracles for you. And I pray God would open your eyes to the supernatural sense that miracles can happen. Amen. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. Let's read our text. Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. It says, while he spoke these things to them, Behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman had a flow of, of blood for twelve years, came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, saw the flute players, saw the noisy crowd wailing, and said to them, Make room. Underline that. Make room. For the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put aside, was put outside, he went in, took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all that land. God, I pray tonight, Lord, that you would do a miracle. God, bring miracles, Lord God, for families who are listening in tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So let's consider a miracle that awaits. You know, in Matthew's story, in this account, it describes a ruler came to Jesus. In the Gospel of Luke, his account, his story gives the name Jarius the ruler of the synagogue. And so here is a man of renown and reputation. And here it is, this guy of reputation walks to Jesus. And I love this story because he's, Jesus is on his way to this ruler's house, right? And then out of nowhere, a woman with no reputation, with no name in this Bible that says anything of her. And this speaks to us tonight. I love it because this story uh, that, you know, intertwines or is just meets with each other of a, a woman with a, an issue of blood. And then here is a dad wanting a miracle for a daughter and Jesus comes between them both. And this speaks volumes of our God, Jesus Christ, because G Jairus is a man of reputation seeking a miracle from Jesus. Whereas this woman with no name, no reputation seeks a miracle from Jesus. And my point is simply this, it doesn't matter what socioeconomic background you may come from. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're a male or a female. Listen tonight, God is able and willing to do a miracle for you. Can you say amen? Come on, write in the comments, amen. Because a miracle is awaiting to happen, but get this, it depends on your faith alone. And there's two characters in this story, the woman with the issue of blood and Jarius. They've got three things that are at work that trigger a miracle. Number one, a situation. Number two, desperation. And number three, initiation. So let's look at number one, situation. Because you cannot, listen very carefully, have a miracle without an impossible situation. Do you have a situation right now that seems impossible? Do you have something in your life right now that seems immovable? 
Like, you know what, like a, it might be an addiction you can't get rid of. It might be a situation maybe in your marriage. It might be something that's financial that you need a job or you're in so much debt. It might be that you might need a miracle for your health or whatever it is. Listen, you qualify for a miracle. And the Bible tells us in Psalms 46 verse 1, He is a present help in time of need. Glory to God. He is a present help in time of need. You know, I remember uh, when my son was born. Harry was born um, with a little cyst in his, under his neck. And it came up under his tongue. And every time uh, Harry would, uh, you know, feed, he would pass out. And uh, no oxygen going through. And so they had to rush him to these uh, special, special doctors in the, in the um, Lady Salenta Hospital. And it was a frightening time. But man, I'm telling you, these particular doctors who are, you know, obviously quite learned and uh, I was meeting some of these other doctors, and I'm thinking, wow, you know, what's going to happen? And, and they said, look, don't, don't worry. There's a doctor that specializes with this. And it's with the ear, nose, and throat surgery. And they did that. They began to do surgery, proper care for him. And amen. And, and my point is simply this. Our God specializes in the arena of impossibilities. Just like these doctors, they deal with uh, these certain issues, with maybe with the heart and the lungs. Uh, it might be certain things with the eyes, and these doctors have these specific uh, uh, areas that they deal with. God deals in the impossible. And our God is able to do anything. Can you say amen? Our God specializes in the arena of impossibilities. And there's countless accounts Throughout the whole Bible, I mean, you could just list a couple and there, you know, one of them is the feeding of the 5,000. A situation that's so impossible to feed with only five loaves and two fish. But yet Jesus specializes in this arena of impossibilities and is able to multiply it and even have leftovers. I love the other story. Another miracle story is, is of Gideon and his army. God says to Gideon, hey, Gideon, my brother, hey, you've got too much men in your army. That when you do go fight against the enemy, uh, your, your own army are going to say, yes, it's by our own sword. Yes, it's by our own strength. And so God says, no, I don't want that to happen. So reduce your numbers. And, and Gideon does that. He reduces his numbers down to a few men. But yet God still specializes in the arena of impossibilities. And God brought a victory. Impossible situations. And in our story, in our text, here is Jarius, a man with a reputation, has a situation. His daughter is about to die. His daughter is about to die, a real situation. Here in the story again, this woman with an issue of blood for 12 years, the Bible says she's broke, man. She got, she got nothing left. She's far worse off than she was. But yet they come with this real situation to Jesus. And get this, because with this real situation, it brought about a real desperation. Number two, desperation. Now I want to ask you the question, how desperate are you for a miracle? Really, I mean, how desperate are you for a miracle? I mean, are you desperate enough for where you just, you got no one else to turn to, you got no one else to run to, everywhere you go, you know what, it's just, man, it's time. And, and I want to bring you back to Psalms 46 verse 1. God is a present help in time of need. 
And I want to tell you, you know what, are you desperate enough? There's got to be something in your life that says, man, God, I need a miracle. God, I need something to happen. God, I need a change. God, I need a miracle in my marriage. God, I need a miracle in this area. Whatever it is, are you desperate for a miracle? There's a man by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Poor old body, man, he was blind. He's a blind guy. And uh, he knew that if he can just call out the name Jesus, if he can just get Jesus' attention, if some way, somehow, if Jesus ever walked down his street, if he can hear the commotion, he'd be crying out the name Jesus. And he does that. He cries out, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus heard him. He turns and he hears the guy and everyone is telling him, be quiet. Body yells out because he's desperate for a miracle. Are you desperate for a miracle? Because if you are, this brings forth, thirdly, the initiation. In our text, we see the situation that brings a real desperation that now, thirdly, brings this initiation. Listen, if you're going to see a miracle take place, you must take initiative. The woman with the issue of blood, she took the initiative. She decided, man, enough is enough. I've wasted all my money elsewhere. I need to go to Jesus. Jarius also took initiative and he went to Jesus. And the key factor involving right there is your faith. She cries out between, just between her and God. And she cries out, look, if only I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And maybe you're there tonight, you're sitting in your living room, or you're in your car and you're watching, and you're thinking, could God ever do that for me? Can I tell you, He can, but it depends on you. you got to say, you know what, if I can just touch the hem of His garment, if I can just get a hold of God, if I can just yell out that name, just like blind Bartimaeus, if I could just call out for Jesus. Before Christ can ever move towards you, you need to make the first move towards him. James says, draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If my people who were called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face. It's talking about if we could just simply make the first move. Will you make that move tonight? You got to make that first move. Could a miracle, could a miracle, listen, be waiting for you? Christ is always ready to do the supernatural. But you got to do your part in the natural. I mean, think about the story for a minute. Jesus tells Peter to launch out into the deep for a catch. And Peter says, Lord, man, we've been working all night long. We've been toiling all night long. And Jesus says, Peter, the supernatural hinges on whether or not you will act in obedience, in faith. If you do the natural, which is just simply to launch out, Jesus says, you know what? I'll do the supernatural. I'll provide for you. And that's so powerful, whether it be in our finances, whether it be in our own lives. You know what? If we could just simply do the natural, God says, I'll do the supernatural. He'll pour out His blessing and abundance. He'll continue to begin to uh, push back the enemy that comes against you. Do you want a supernatural blessing? You got to do the natural act of faith, and that is to be obedient to His word. You must make the first move. Be that man. Be that woman of faith and take initiative. You know, there's so much revelation in this story. Now, time doesn't allow us, but the most important thing is this. You need to take initiative through an act of faith, which is obedience 
to God. And I want to say, you know, tonight, there will always be an attack to stop you from getting your miracle. Whenever there is initiation, listen, there's going to be some opposition. New level, new devil. I'm telling you, you, and just like we said this morning in our sermon, you know what, you begin to get saved, you decide to go forward for God, and all of a sudden, you know what, hell breaks loose. All of a sudden, you know what, your car breaks down, and, and all of a sudden, you, you know, the ex begins to text you, and all of a sudden, all these things start coming back at you, getting opposition. Man, you're, you're about to receive a miracle, but yet there's this opposition. And in Mark 5, chapter 35, have a listen to what happens in this story. It says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Listen, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Man, I love this point in our text because it brings a real truth right here. You know, how many times you come to Jesus and you seek a miracle, you come with this desperation, you come, you know what, you, you take initiative, you get you know, going towards God, you feel like, man, things are going well, and then you get discouraged. You get discouraged by words spoken against your situation and against God. In other words, people say, you know what, hey, look, it's over. Why trouble the master? It's the classic, oh, you know what, it's no use. Why bother? You know, why bother the, the, the master? Bring a re your real situation. Here it is, Jarius. You know what? Your daughter is dead. Man, what's your situation tonight? Maybe you came to Jesus. Maybe you're wanting to come to Jesus and you got a broken heart. Maybe you're coming to Jesus and you've got a drug addiction, a pornography addiction, a gambling addiction, whatever it is. You know, people, and maybe you might even say, man, why, why trouble God? Why, why bother him? And you hear words like, you know what, you're never going to change. You hear words like, oh, once a drug addict, always a drug addict. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Listen, when it comes to God, he's able to transform someone's life and do a miracle. Do you believe that tonight? Jesus Christ is alive. He rose again from the dead. He has all power. Can I get an amen? He has the power to change. He has the power to give and bring a miracle. And it's at this very moment. Jesus speaks an encouraging word and says this, only believe. Amen, only believe. You can only get encouragement from the God's word for your situation. You come to church, you tune in and you begin to hear God's word and sometimes that one line is just enough to get you through the week. Sometimes one service, uh, you know what, coming or listening to church is this one service that is able to get you through. That's why we have Wednesday night service. That's why we have Sunday. That's why we have outreach programs because there's times in our lives that we get defeated and we just need a word from God. Only believe. What a word. Can you say amen? Only believe. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Only believe. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Only believe. This gives us hope tonight. There's nothing else you can do but allow God to speak a word for your situation and that's for you and to say, you know what, only believe. I'm going to believe God for my future. I'm going to believe God for what is ahead. You know what, don't give up. Can I encourage you, don't throw in the towel. Only 
believe. Maybe you're listening tonight and you think, man, uh, uh, yeah, I've tried church. I've tried. Listen, you have not tried church. Don't try church. You know, I want to tell you tonight, you got you to crucify your flesh. You got to die to yourself. You got to surrender your heart and say, Jesus, I'm all in. And that's when a miracle takes place because you got to believe. You got to say, you know what, Jesus, you died on the cross for me. I'll die to self and I'll give my all to you. Only believe. Jesus brings the good news to this man and says, just believe. Sometimes life might be hanging on a thread. In Jairus' case, you know what? Hope is lost. There's no breath within his daughter. She's dead. And I want to tell you tonight, only believe is the word Jesus gives to the Father. Only believe is a message for you and I. Make room for Jesus. Listen, Jesus rocks up to the house. And I want you to imagine for a second, you can hear funeral music playing. You can hear a noisy crowd. Crowd is wailing. And the first thing Jesus says is, make room. Make room, everybody. Make room. She's only sleeping. And then the Bible tells us they laughed at him. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. I remember back in the day, I don't know about you, but uh, being uh, unsaved, uh, you know what? You go to the pubs, you go to these nightclubs. And I, I was a break dancer before I got saved. And I remember the, the dance floor will be packed. And I remember taking our crew and just beginning to, hey, make room, make room. Something's about to happen on this dance floor. <laughs> and I remember, you know what, making, making the room. And a song comes on in the middle of the floor uh, tonight. And you can, you can just see, you can just imagine Jesus rocks up. And the songs are playing and Jesus says, hey, make room. Something is about to happen. A miracle is going to take place. But I want to ask you the question, will you make room for a miracle? Will you allow Jesus to change the song in your life and make room? You've come so far and up to this point, you've moved out of desperation into initiation. But now it's all Jesus. Will you make room for him? I love the verse, be still and know that I am God. You know, sometimes we just try and figure things out in our minds. We're, we're like, oh, I, I must plan. I must do this. I must evaluate. I must. And we just so, you know what? Aussie nature is just completely just oh, one plus one, you know, ABC. And everything's got to be calculated. And God, you know what says this? Be still. Know that I am God. I, God is saying, I do all the miracle work right here. You know, we could have all the daily discipline. We can have all the two-step uh, hallelujahs, all the lines. But listen, we must get to a point and say, Jesus, it's beyond me. Jesus, it's beyond me. I'll, I need to make room for you to do a miracle. But will you make room for Jesus? Move out all the jokers in your life. Come on. Move out all the people that's in your life that speak negative about you, negative about your church, uh, and say, you know what, Jesus, if you're going to do a miracle, I'm going to move them out. Jesus had to put them out. Christ begins to drive out the jokers, the liars, the things that hinder the miracle. And he goes in. I want to read a particular story in another translation in Mark chapter 5, verse 38. It says this, Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult. And those who wept wailed, wailed loudly. And when he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. 
Then he, took the and he, then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Make room for Jesus and move out the jokers. And just like Stephen Bradbury, what a picture that God moves them out of the way just so he can just stroll through. Listen, God can do that for you. God can do a miracle for you where you can just begin to go through life with a miracle and in an interview after winning his gold medal Stephen Bradbury uh, he was referring to his two career and life-threatening accidents Bradbury said you know obviously I wasn't the fastest skater I don't think I'll take the medal as a minute and a half of the race I actually won but I'll take it as the last decade of the hard slog I put in and uh, you know what he knew he didn't win the race but he took the medal for the hard work that had been put in. You know, we don't take the glory for what Jesus does, but we can wear the medal that says grace. You know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you know, we don't deserve to win. If it wasn't for the grace of God, that you know what, him, him allowing us to be saved, Him allowing us through His grace to receive a miracle of salvation. That's powerful. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through to 9. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's continue to make miracle. Let's continue to make room for a miracle. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus wants to do a miracle in someone's life tonight. You're not saved. Your heart is not right. With your eyes closed, you be honest with yourself, and you recognize, you know what? You're, you're, you're on your way to a devil's hell and right now you're listening and you you want to get your heart right with God you want a miracle to take place you want a new start you want a, a new beginning life has been a mess life has been a wreck and you need a miracle right now listen your first miracle should be salvation and that is Jesus coming into your life and saving you saving you from sin, saving you from hell. And Jesus says in John 3 that you must be born again. Friend, I'm telling you, if you're not born again, you must be born again so you can inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're listening tonight and you want to give your heart to Jesus, won't you pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And tonight I repent. I turn from my ways and I turn to you. Jesus, I'm asking that you wash me in your blood, cleanse me from all my sins and make me a new creation. I thank you that you died on the cross and that you rose again for me. I pray from this night on that you would make me a new creation. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining in. Really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, you have a wonderful week. And let's seal off in a word of prayer. Let's ask God to continue to do miracles. God, we thank you for uh, being with us. We thank you that you are the miracle worker. And I pray, God, for miracles to take place, that we would believe you for miracles, that anything that we come across, God, to just to have faith to be obedient to you. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.